What's up, world? I'm Cameron McKinney, and this is Pop Culture Spotlight, a podcast about the movie Killers of the Flower Moon. Here's a quick synopsis. During the 1920s, members of the Osage native from Oklahoma are murdered for their newfound wealth. The film stars Leonardo DiCaprio, Lily Gladstone, Robert De Niro, Jesse Plemons, Scott Shepard, John Lithgow, Brendan Fraser, Tantu Cardinal, Cara Jade Myers, Janae Collins, and Jillian Dion. Standout performances. Killers of the Flower Moon is the sixth collaboration between Leonardo DiCaprio and Martin Scorsese, the others being 2002's Gangs of New York, where he plays a young man trying to avenge the death of his father, 2004's The Aviator, where he plays eccentric rich man Howard Hughes, getting his then second Oscar nomination, 2000. 2006 is The Departed, where he plays an undercover cop. 2016, Shutter Island, where he plays U.S. Marshal Edward Daniels. And 2013's The Wolf of Wall Street, where he plays Jordan Belfort. In Killers of the Flower Moon, he plays Ernest Beckhart, who has come back to Osage after serving in World War I. And he's a complicated figure, to say the least. And that's what's so great about Leo as a leading man. He doesn't always put himself in heroic roles. He's willing to play morally corrupt characters in films like Django Unchained and The Wolf of Wall Street. Now listen, I really liked his work in Killers of the Flower Moon, but I just don't understand all this talk about this being his career best performance. I'm sorry, that's just not true. His three best performances for me come and catch me if you can, The Departed and The Aviator. Those three performances are head and shoulders ahead of his work in Killers of the Flower Moon. Like DiCaprio, Robert De Niro has arguably done his best work as an actor working with Martin Scorsese. This is their 10th film together. You know the big ones, Taxi Driver, Raging Bull, Goodfellas. Over the last decade and a half, people have been really down on De Niro as an actor because he's been in every movie with the word grandpa in it, and he doesn't seem to turn anything down. He's worked with Scorsese again twice in the last four years with The Irishman and now Killers of the Flower Moon and has reminded many why he's considered an all-time great actor. I was particularly impressed with his performance in Killers of the Flower Moon. He's the best part of the movie. In it, he plays the uncle of Leo's character, William Hale, who is pretending to be something that he's clearly not. Lily Gladstone is a pivotal part of this movie. She plays Molly Burkhardt, who loves Ernest but is dealing with never-ending grief and sadness and isn't given any reason as to what's going on with the murders in this film. There's been an interesting debate about whose point of view the movie should be in, Ernest's or Molly's, and I don't think there's a right or wrong answer. Gladstone is brilliant in the movie. She's now worked with two great directors in Kelly Reichardt and Martin Scorsese. Since the year 2018, you can and I will make the argument that no actor has been on a better run than Jesse Plemons. His films in that time period include Game Night, where he's the funniest person on screen, Adam McKay's Vice, where he plays the narrator, The Irishman, his first Scorsese movie, Charlie Kaufman's I'm Thinking of Ending Things, Shaka King's Judah and the Black Messiah, and Jane Campion's Power of the Dog, where he received his first Oscar nomination. At only 35 years of age, it feels like we are watching the new Robert Duvall. Now, when this movie was being reported to be made, 
it, there was all this talk that Jesse Plemons was the lead of the movie. And sadly, and I think it is sad, he is not the lead of this movie. It is a clear supporting role. It was reported that Plemons turned down a role in Nope, Jordan Peele's film, to be in Martin Scorsese's Killers of the Flower Moon. In Nope, he would have played Stephen Young's character. Let's now talk about the man that many consider the greatest living filmmaker, Martin Scorsese, who is one of the few directors you can actually say his films feel epic. Gangs of New York, The Irishman, these are event movies that also happen to be prestige films. Killers of the Flower Moon has two elements you see in his recent work. A three and a half hour runtime that bothers a lot of people and a problematic protagonist. In Ernest Burkhardt, and this is something that a lot of people have complained about going all the way back to Travis Bickle in Taxi Driver, Jake LaMotta in Raging Bull, Henry Hill in Goodfellas, and Jordan Belfort in The Wolf of Wall Street. Some people think Scorsese glorifies these men, and I don't see it that way at all. It always ends badly for them because they are corrupt and not good people. Because Scorsese movies are so entertaining, you just think that he is glorifying these lifestyles. I mean, I've heard him talk about how there's now a million Travis Bickles in this world because of Taxi Driver, and I think he's right, but it's not his fault. That's not what he was doing with that movie. He was just making a film. A lot of people online I saw were giving their top four marks. Scorsese movies, so here I'll go. Here are mine. Number four, The Departed. I love everything about this movie. It's the best cast he's ever assembled, particularly Leo DiCaprio, Matt Damon, Mark Wahlberg, Martin Sheen, and Alec Baldwin are incredible. It's not the best Jack Nicholson movie, but even he's doing something interesting. I loved that he won Best Director for The Departed. It is an endlessly fun and entertaining movie. Number three, Raging Bull. This movie features Robert De Niro at his very best. So many have tried to imitate this movie and none have succeeded. I mean, think about how every modern day boxing movie is attempting to be Raging Bull. That tells you everything about how great of a movie this is. It was also the first movie that Scorsese worked with Joe Pesci. I love that collaboration. Coming in at number two is Goodfellas, arguably the greatest gangster film ever. It's a shame that Scorsese only worked with the late Grey Ray Liotta once. Joe Pesci, of course, ends up stealing the show and giving arguably the best performance ever in a Scorsese film. And number one may be a curveball for some, but it's a masterpiece to me, The Color of Money, Paul Newman deserved that Oscar. It wasn't a makeup Oscar like a lot of people pretend that it was. And Tom Cruise gives one of his best performances. And Forrest Whitaker comes in for one of the best one-scene performances of all time. Yeah, maybe it's not as thought-provoking as many of his other films. And it's not as deep and it's not saying a whole lot. But man, is that a great movie that is so well made. Again, Paul Newman is on fire in that movie. 
movie and then a young Tom Cruise who at that period was on a mission to work with every great filmmaker. Getting back to Killers of the Flower Moon, as good as I think it is, it's not top tier Scorsese and that's okay. It's the same I feel about recent Steven Spielberg movies, West Side Story and The Fablemans. They are great movies and they don't need to be compared to his earlier works because it's unfair to do so. No one is going to like Killers of the Flower Moon over Goodfellas. So why even bother having that conversation? I don't think it's fair to talk about a director's filmography and compare all of his films to his best films, especially when we're talking about the guy who made Raging Bull Taxi Driver and Goodfellas. Obviously, Killers of the Flower Moon are not in that wheelhouse of films. And part of that has to do with those films have a legacy. They've been out for so long. Everyone's seen those movies for generations on generations. Why do we need to call a new movie better than those older films? That's insane. Let this movie have its time. Maybe it will grow in my estimation over the years. But right now, it doesn't feel as big as those other movies. But again, those other movies already had a legacy when I watched them. Maybe years from now, maybe a decade from now, Killers of the Flower Moon will be in that conversation of films, but it's way too early to tell, and those people that are saying that it is, I think that's insane. Everyone loves to talk about Martin Scorsese's distaste for superhero movies. I'm going to be honest, I have no interest in that. One thing that he did say recently that intrigued me was what he had to say about Quentin Tarantino retiring after making 10 movies, telling the AP, quote, Tarantino's a writer. It's a different thing. I come up with stories. I get attracted to stories through other people, all different means, different ways, and so I think it's a different process. I respect writers, and I wish I could just be in a room and create these novels, not films, novels. It's worth noting, Scorsese has co-written the screenplays to Mean Streets, Goodfellas, The Age of Innocence, Casino, silence and did uncredited work on Raging Bull and The Last Temptation of Christ, so he does have a history of writing some of his movies. I think we're just living in the era where the writer-director is king. Guys like Quentin Tarantino and Paul Thomas Anderson, I mean, they are just thought of as all-powerful, all-knowing filmmakers over guys like Steven Spielberg and Martin Scorsese. I believe Steven Spielberg is the best director of all time. I don't care that he doesn't write his movies. I think it's impressive that he can go from movie to movie without writing many of the scripts. And I feel similarly towards Scorsese. I think it's impressive that he's not writing all these movies, yet he's making them really high quality. He cares about the movies just as much as a guy who wrote the script. Yes, I love writer-directors. I love watching a Paul Thomas Anderson movie and going, what is this guy really saying about this moment? But just because he wrote the movies doesn't necessarily put him above people like Spielberg and Scorsese. I also think even if Spielberg and Scorsese didn't write the movies they are directing, they are just as heavily involved as the writers of those movies. And in some cases, they are choosing the writers and they are choosing the direction to where the story goes. They're just prolific directors who want to keep directing movies so they don't always sit down and write the films themselves. If for being honest, I prefer Martin Scorsese as a director over Quentin Tarantino, who I love as well. They're both great filmmakers. Quentin Tarantino 
he's a great writer-director. Maybe he's one of the best screenwriters of all time. But he is not a better director than Martin Scorsese. What's interesting about Killers of the Flower Moon is there was a reported different version of it. One where Jesse Plemons' character, Tom White, was the lead of the film. And it would have focused more on the investigation aspect of the Osage murders. And it's hard to say if the right or wrong choice was made. I like the movie that was made. But I and I heard Martin Scorsese talking about this that if they had made that FBI driven movie, it would have felt like a movie that had been made before. The people that have an issue with this version of a movie have an issue with the Ernest Burkhart character. Like, what is this movie's feeling towards that character? Are they trying to portray him as a loving husband who just did something wrong and made a mistake? Well, I believe that most people want him to be portrayed as a vile, terrible human being. What the movie is going for is complicated, and I think that's what the movie achieved is. This is a complicated character. He's not just one thing. Box office. So far, Killers of the Flower Moon has made $86 million worldwide, which is okay, but some thought it might do better because of the success of Christopher Nolan's Oppenheimer. But not every three-and-a-half-hour movie is going to make close to a billion dollars. What this movie has in its favor is the star power from the actors and the director. I think people know what to expect from a movie like this. If they've seen The Irishman, they know what they're getting from Martin Scorsese, and he has avid fans. I also think he has people that aren't willing to see his movies. I don't think the average person loves his recent works. I don't think his recent movies are as popular as the films that made him famous. I don't think that The Irishman is Goodfellas in people's estimations. And I think comparing his recent movies to recent Christopher Nolan movies is kind of ridiculous because Christopher Nolan is at the peak of his powers. Dunkirk makes $500 million. Tenant makes close to $400 million in the middle of a pandemic. I also think the fact that he's made movies for streaming services has kind of hurt his box office appeal. Like he made a movie for Netflix. We all watch it at home. People know that Killers of the Flower Moon is going to show up on Apple TV. A lot of people know that. So I think people are waiting for it to show up on that streaming service. Oscar chances. Killers of the Flower Moon is a movie that's going to compete in every single category. Robert De Niro, Leo DiCaprio, and Lily Gladstone are going to get acting nominations. Scorsese is going to get in for director, and this will get in for Best Picture. The question is, really, is this another Scorsese movie like Gangs of New York, The Wolf of Wall Street, and The Irishman that get tons of nominations but zero wins? I personally think Oppenheimer is going to be the movie that dominates the Oscars. I think Killian Murphy has a real chance to win Best Leading Actor over people like Leo DiCaprio. And I think Christopher Nolan is going to win Best Director. It's not going to be Martin Scorsese. I don't think this is the movie they want to give him his second Oscar nomination. I mean, his only win has been for The Departed. Now, this is a great movie, but I don't think this movie compares to Oppenheimer. I think it's time to give Christopher Nolan his Oscar win. Martin Scorsese has had his time to shine. It's time to reward this guy, Christopher Nolan, who has been one of the 
best directors for a really long time now. It just feels like it's Christopher Nolan's time. If there's anyone from this movie I want to win an Oscar, it would be Robert De Niro. Like, I would love for him to compete in the best supporting actor category. I mean, yes, he would be going up against Robert Downey Jr., who gave a great performance in Oppenheimer, but I wouldn't be mad if either of those two ended up winning the Oscar. They both gave really great performances and reminded everyone why they are such great movie stars. Again, as much as I like this movie, I would be really surprised if it ended up being a winning Oscar-y type movie. Like, I just don't look at anyone in this movie and go, wow, give them the Oscar automatically. And I just can't live in a world where Leonardo DiCaprio gets an Oscar for this and The Revenant over movies like The Departed and The Wolf of Wall Street. That would just be insane. It would also be the most Oscar-y thing they could ever do, so maybe it's going to happen. I just can't fathom it at this moment. He is really good in this movie. It's not one of his top three performances. It's probably not in my top ten Leonardo DiCaprio performances. The last thing I want to talk about this movie is the film's divisive ending. I think the ending will either make or break the film depending on who you are because there will be some people who are so baffled by this ending. I would compare the ending to this movie to like the ending of Damien Chazelle's Babylon. If you love that ending, you will end up loving that movie. And I feel like Killers of the Flower Moon is a similar type of thing. Like, if that movie completely takes you out of the film, you're going to end up saying, no, this really isn't a movie for me. I feel like it's that kind of ending. I'm not going to spoil it, but Scorsese does something really different than the endings of his other films. Overall, Killers of the Flower Moon is another stellar film from an all-time great filmmaker and has three great performances and the selling point is seeing two of the biggest movie stars of all time share the screen with one another working with one of the best directors of all time I mean it's really about Robert De Niro and Leonardo DiCaprio they've each individually done their best work with Martin Scorsese but now for the first time the two of them are working together on a film with him I mean we could go all the way back to this boy's life where Robert De Niro acted alongside a young Leo DiCaprio. I mean, what's really surprising is it took them this long to do a movie together with Martin Scorsese. I mean, why didn't, why wasn't De Niro in The Departed? Why wasn't he in The Aviator? There's so many Scorsese-Leo movies that I just wish had Robert De Niro in them because he would have been perfect in some type of capacity in those films. I mean, there wasn't one part for him in The Wolf of Wall Street. It's Robert De Niro. He'll do any acting job. I know. I've seen him in Rocky and Bullwinkle. You can't get him one part in The Wolf of Wall Street. At least the two of them being in a Scorsese film together was worth the wait because it would have been really sad if this was a bad movie. Thankfully, it wasn't. I really hope both of them show up in Quentin Tarantino's last movie because Leo has done some of his 
best work with Tarantino in Django Unchanged and Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, and De Niro was previously in Jackie Brown. I would absolutely love for them to show up in Tarantino's last film. Now what I really want is a Martin Scorsese, Leonardo DiCaprio movie that has Joe Pesci in it. Can we get Joe Pesci to be on screen with Leonardo DiCaprio? That's all I want moving forward. I need that immediately. I think that would be all-time great. I've never seen them together on screen. Again, he's Joe Pesci has done his absolute best work with Scorsese, Raging Bull, Goodfellas, Casino, and The Irishman. That's three Oscar nominations and should have been a fourth one for Casino. Get him in a movie with Leonardo DiCaprio immediately. Whether you end up loving or hating Killers of the Flower Moon, it's a movie that you're going to think about for a very long time, and that's something you can say about every Martin Scorsese film. Thanks for listening to this edition of Pop Culture Spotlight. I'm Cameron McKinney, and there'll be a new episode of the podcast every Thursday on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. I highly, highly recommend you check out the film Killers of the Flower Moon. Next week on the podcast, I'm talking about the movie The Royal Hotel, starring Julia Garner and Jessica Henwick. So tune into that and please rate, review, and subscribe.